This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, good evening, good afternoon, good morning for what is your Tuesday uh, edition of Locked On Browns. As you guys know, Tuesdays, we double it up. We start with PFF night with John Costco from Pro Football Focus. I'm sorry, from PFF. John and Jeff, your local experts on the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. John, one of the interesting things here, and you know, I still have to remind myself, you think the Browns lost by two touchdowns yesterday. They actually did win the game. Um, and for me, some of the positive I take out of it, yeah, the offense looked like dog crap, but guess what? You still got to win. In the NFL, sometimes you got to win when you put out a C effort. Well, John will tell us whether or not it was even a C effort. But sometimes when you ain't got it, you still got to find a way to get a win. I did think yesterday the funny part of it all was it was kind of like, all right, we're going to put it on the D here. You know, let's not talk about how pathetically and bad Cincinnati's defense is. Just, you know, when you're playing with, I guess, what, six first or second year players, a couple of guys have only been in town for two weeks, probably are still, you know, either living in a motel or on somebody's couch, uh, you know, established as far as getting snaps, things like that. But I guess one to start with is is probably Sheldrick Redwine uh, starting to get, you know, some time, starting to do some things. And God knows you got to find a way to get some, some heads into the room in that safety room for 2020. Obviously, Sheldrick Redwine saying, you know, look, hey, don't forget about me. I, I'd hopefully like to be a candidate for that. Yeah, uh, Redwine's playing well. You know, I mean, he's just shy of 200 snaps from the season, um, and he's making the most of them. He had the highest grade of the game for the Browns yesterday with an 82.7, uh, solid coverage grade at a 76.2. Um, had a pat- another pass breakup in this game. Um, and his his grade for the season is now at an 80.3. And if you would have had Sheldrick Redwine as one of the top graded defenders on, of the Browns season uh, coming, you know, at the end of the, you know, by week 14, uh, I don't think you would have, uh, you know, I don't think anybody had that is what I'm trying to say. So um, it's, it's a good bright spot. He's a guy that I did like coming out of college. Um, you know, I thought he was drafted about where he probably should have gone. There was, probably better options on the table but i don't hate the player i never did so can't argue with it and he's so far playing well in in the in the snaps that he's gotten so you know two starts uh both great you know 75.6 last week 82.7 this week um yeah he's showing out well and you're looking at a guy that um you know obviously we was on nobody's really really radar to be a starter next year just because of the fact that he hadn't really played any snaps all year long up until week 11. So, um, you know, I, I think maybe, you know, maybe they found a, a guy that can be a, a long-term, you know, good player third, you know, especially in nickel packages, maybe develop into a solid, um, you know, consistent starter for on a regular basis. Obviously you've gone up against two defense or two offenses that are, that's essentially aren't good. So, you know, we'll see what, what he can do moving forward, but so far so good. Uh, I think, you know, and one of the things and where we had a tough spot with him is, uh, you know, tested well. I mean, runs mid four force, uh, 39 inch vert, former corner. The thing, though, is, is he does play pretty physical, and, but he's only about 200 pounds. So it wasn't, you know, you need kind of him to be a little bit more of both because, look, it's the athleticism is great. But, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to go around putting your nose into places. And if you're not coming with enough meat to the party. It could end up, you know, not working out for you. But to this point, it, it, it's been 
it's been a surprise, and it is a surprise because he was essentially he was safety number six essentially because now Hassel's safety seven. You weren't really expecting you were ever going to see much of these guys, if anything, other than special teams. But look, you know the league is what it is. You get your opportunity. The doors don't always open. When they do, you you know you don't don't cry later that you didn't get a chance. Right, exactly. He's the, he's making the most of his opportunities right now, and that's all you could ask for from a guy like that. And um, yeah, he's, he's does he have ideal size? No, he's got he's I think he was actually one ninety six um, at the combine or whatever. So, um, but I mean, I think he's got a frame that you can pack on some weight anyways, and um, perhaps he does that this off season. And that was probably maybe their their goal is probably not this year at all, and maybe next year because of you know, maybe a little bit undersized and a little bit underweight or whatever for, for the state position, but out of necessity, they needed to play him and he's, he's making the most of it. So, um, you know, hopefully he can continue to, to progress that we, the way we, uh, you know, you'd want him to. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like he, though he does play a physical style and you like that. So, um, you want him to continue to do that and hopefully he's, his body can hold up. Now, you know, the defense kind of, uh, bend, but don't break mentality yesterday. Obviously you got Dalton into the, uh, the fourth down where, you know, they called intentional grounding. Look, if we're talking about player safety, that is so asinine. He's throwing the ball away. What is he supposed to do? Just get tackled for the sake of getting tackled by the linebacker? The fact that he threw it through the goalpost, so stupid. Just terrible call. Then, obviously, the quarterback drawer, which fooled nobody. And, look, anytime you got a shot with your 31, whatever-year-old quarterback, fourth and five, kind of a key spot in the game, by all means, with you know, you're certainly going to call and run that call with Andy Dalton there. Uh, take us through some of the other grades here, the defensive line play linebackers, John. Yeah. I mean, to speak on, on Dalton stuff there. Yeah. Like they had, they had run that, that QB draw on that drive earlier. It worked. And then, Oh, we've seen this before and stopped it. And that's, I mean, that's good on the defense to be able to recognize, Hey, they, they've done this twice. They've done this before. We know how to def- stop <clears> it now. Whereas something where you would see them early in the year where like teams had been, maybe running the same play a couple times in a game and they, it kept getting beat. So um, I guess that's, you know, growth from this defense, especially with a lot of starters, but essentially missing um, TJ Carey was solid in this game. Sheldon Richardson is a guy that continues to play well uh, for the Browns this year. Obviously he's one of the top guys on the defense, third highest graded defender on the Browns so far. Uh, I would still include Miles Garrett, who was the top graded defender, obviously. Um, but you know, Olivier Vernon, when he has been out there and healthy, it was, has been fantastic. And then Sheldon Richardson. He's really put been, the team on his, he's put the team on his back since these two guys have been out. It's really, yeah, absolutely. really put on a show. Really? Abso- absolutely. And he's, you know, his ability to be versatile and to play on the edge, play interior, um, and do a lot of different things is, is great. And, um, you know, he did have, uh, you know, I mean, I have to look at it since the, since the bye week but I would assume he's one of the highest graded defensive tackles in football probably behind just a couple of guys because he's been on a tear he he's since the bye he's been at 71.5 or better in every single game except for last week where he took a, a step back for you know he was he missed a couple of tackles and didn't didn't generate much for pressures against the Steelers where he had a 47.7 but yeah I mean essentially in the the second half of the season he's really really put this team on its on its back and um, you know, he did it again yesterday. Uh, Justin Burris, you know, he only played 22 snaps, had a solid game with a 72.8. And I think on the on the on the bad side of things, and I don't know if you want uh, to to lead me into that, but uh, let's go. The good's the bad. Let's go. The, the Chad Thomas was a uh, 47.7. Not so good. Right in the sweet spot. 
Right. So like he's always good for like one flash play a week, right? Like you saw it in this. You're talking paper. about the, the the one rush where he was unblocked, right? Right. Like it's it's something <laughs> like that where it's just like he's there immediately, and you're just like, oh crap, that was fast, but it's unblocked, right? Um, and the funniest part is you know the you, you know the offensive staff isn't going back and saying, oh man, can't believe we left Chad Thomas alone. Right. Like nobody's nobody's game planning for Chad Thomas, and you know like. I know that like the team is like going like yeah Chad's you know he's he's getting pressures you're getting sacks or whatever it's like yeah he has four sacks in the year you know our numbers I don't know if it's any half sacks I don't I don't do half sacks because why uh, I, think it's four, I think it's four clean yeah yeah so like um yeah it's exactly so like he he's been getting like these random flash plays and and getting home to the quarterback but it's like once or twice a game it's never no consistency to it so. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that like should not be starting in the NFL and he's only doing it because out of necessity. Um, and that's unfortunate for the Browns and you have to give, you have to give Steve Wilkes credit for having to like being able to generate any type of pressure, uh, that's, you know, happening and for the defense outside last week where they got like none, but, um, you know, greedy Williams again, unfortunately, um, continues to struggle uh 39.2 coverage grade um another missed tackle in this game he's a guy that yeah he needs to get his hands on the ball locate the ball um another penalty in this game it's a uh, he's going through some struggles right now that's for sure and i don't know if he's fully healthy it maybe that could partially be it but um you know it actually might be beneficial for the browns to actually be playing terrence mitchell instead that's how bad he's playing right now. And and he's a what, 21-year-old rookie? Like he's super young. Like these like, yeah, you want him to have some growing pains, but he maybe having him as a starter is a bit much for him and maybe easing him into types of things and playing him situationally would be a better better fit for him right now because he really is struggling pretty badly. Uh, Boyd wasn't going to be a good matchup for him anyway. Boyd is such a crisp route runner that he is. Um, and we were talking about it with Greedy being questionable when we talked about it in the pregame show. We're like, maybe this wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing if Greedy, you know, needed a week and kind of to just view it from the side. Look, it did draw two huge penalties. Stupid one on Mixon. Drew the hold that negated the big play. And the one thing about Sheldon, and actually Jared Mueller was on a postgame show with me last night. Uh, there was Sheldon still... 57 yards down the field, laying a block on Denzel Ward's interception return. And it just kind of showed you, you know, the kind of guy who Sheldon is. And, you know, that it's appreciated because, look, you know, first things first, nobody would give a crap that once the cornerback got past the D lineman, all right, dude, I ain't running with you. So go ahead, big guy. Let's see what you make of it. So the effort there is uh, definitely something. Uh, now, the obviously, the, the reserve D lineman, uh, you know, the, t- uh, the tackle, uh, Gustin, uh, obviously, Mr. Cox Jr., yeah, so uh, Gustin, fine performance, sixty nine, nice. I should nice. have said it. I, I missed my opportunity there, but you know he was uh, uh, it was a nice performance at a sixty nine point oh. Um, pass rush was seventy one point three. He got three hurries. He played thirty nine snaps, twenty one pass rushes. Um, a guy that again, just like last week, when you put him out there, he wasn't a train wreck. He made some plays wasn't a huge impact but he was not a liability and that's what you want out of you know maybe your rotational defensive end 
maybe you want more of a flash in the pan type guy, but you definitely don't want somebody that's going to be a liability. And he so far so good on, on that. Uh, Brian Cox Jr. He, he did miss a couple of tackles in this game. So his, his tackling grade goes uh, south at a 28.1, but his overall at a 61.4 hurt by the, the missed tackles um, outside of that was again, solid. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the backup dudes uh, on that defensive line are, you know, kind of kind of doing their thing. It's not great, but they're not a huge liability if you have to clean up those missed tackles. Uh, and look, it's 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 nice to have. It's, it's refreshing to see something different. I think, you know, we all, you know, we all kind of knew kind of on Chad Thomas. And look, you, you know, either way, you still got to put together 90 guys to go to camp next year. And if you can keep some guys here, hopefully if you're at least able to keep Wilkes, you know, look, I just, I don't want to change anything. And it's not that good, bad. I just don't want to start over yet again. So maybe having some guys who are already acclimated in the system, you see how they grow. We're going to flip it up here, get to the offensive side of the ball with John Costco on PFF night on Locked On Browns. The original original Casper uh, mattress combines multiple supportive memory foam for a quality sleep surface with the right amount, the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 off select mattresses by visiting Casper.com slash Locked On NFL, all caps, using the promo code Locked NFL, L-O-C-K-E-D NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions do apply. If you can't visit Casper right now and you find this and all our other ads from all our fantastic sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. John, the offense. looked it up. Yes, Sheldon Richard, number four in the NFL at 87.0 since the bye for defensive tackles. Sheldon Richardson, it's going very well. And also keep in mind when we're talking about a defensive tackle, that's doing a lot more than playing just defensive tackle, which is one of the things we stress about Sheldon Richardson. We weren't really saying, oh, this is fantastic because we were hoping we had to use it. But the situation you're in, it's great to have a guy with his versatility. Uh, we'll start here, John. Um, like we just kind of said about Greedy Williams, um, got to play a different right tackle this week. Um and look, if anything, I don't know how Chris Hubbard has gone on this long with it. If it was okay to go to New England and tell Greg Robinson, you know, we're going to just go a different way. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's not. Uh, it could have been this way with Chris Hubbard. You finally got to see Kendall Lamb play out there. Enough improvement that maybe we should continue to carry on this course? Absolutely. The The entire offensive line gave up one pressure the entire game, and that was from Kendall Lamb. So, like, the offensive line played the best it had all year long, and that's against guys like Geno Adkins and Carl Lawson and Carlos Dunlap, all three players that can get after the passer. Um, part of it, obviously, when you, you only give up one pressure like that is scheme, um, but you to be able to, to just to hold up that long um, all game long on, you know, 29 pass blocks is impressive. And so Kendall Lamb, his run blocking was not great. It was at a 52.1. He's never been that. He's always been the guy that's going to be solid in pass protection. And he was that in this game. Uh, I don't know what it is that they didn't play him sooner because he definitely could have, he would have been better last week against, you know, instead of uh, Chris Hubbard, who's, for whatever reason is tanked off a cliff this year. Like he's, he's a guy that was in the, like would grade in the mid to low seventies, his, his whole career, even last year, he was a little bit stepped down from that, but it was about like, it was, I think it was like in the upper sixties, which is fine enough. He's down in the fifties this year. So it's it, for whatever reason, he fell off a cliff. 
Um, and Kendall Lamb obviously stepped in and he performed well enough and especially just giving up one hurry. And so you want to see that continued uh, moving forward. Uh, just the one thing with Lamb is I was just curious, you know, I mean, obviously he'd been back and practicing for a while, you know, whatever that lower leg injury was. I mean, to me, it kind of looked like a high ankle sprain when somebody falls on your leg like that. So maybe it took a lot longer. I mean, it's a pain in the butt injury, but look, he's here. And the other thing is there's a good chance Chris Hubbard isn't here next year and Kendall Lamb would be and Kendall Lamb ain't making no money. So right. if Kendall Lamb ain't making no money and you can save eight, nine million dollars, it's a and he's no maybe brand. a better player. It's 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 as simple as that. Yeah, it's um, for, unfortunate. I like I like the signing of Chris Hubbard because he's a guy that graded well when he was with with the Steelers, um, and then he, I think he was like unfairly, you know, in the first half of last year, the Browns fans were like unfair in terms of uh, judging him and his play. I thought it was I thought it was it was fine. It wasn't great, but. Um, there was a lot of like sent a lot of it this year too, though, where Baker's is taking these monster deep dropbacks, and a lot of it was on Baker rather than Hubbard. This year, though, there was a lot of him just getting beat, um, on, on top of Baker dropping, so it made it look a lot worse than it was, but it still wasn't good. So, and, it, and he took a, that setback, like I said, so uh, it's unfortunate. I don't know why, um, but you know, at least you kind of know, I guess, and. Now you can see what you got in Lamb, and you're obviously going to be looking towards the draft too. So, exactly, and there's opportunity to save money here all the way around in your tackle yeah. room. Which you look, this team, it's you know, I don't want to hear it, people; they're going to need money. You don't get it, and you don't get all of it. <laughs> so I'm just sorry on that one. Uh, now, obviously, you talked about the offensive line and how it played well. Um, quarterback went 11 of 24 yesterday, John, against not really a good team. Um, they got the bailout of all bailouts on the third interception, then becoming ruled a pass interference, which you would have never told me in a million years the Browns would have gotten that lucky of a call. And they did get it. And then, of course, obviously they got the one a little bit later um, you know, with the Jarvis Landry screen. So it was interesting that. But, John, Baker had a, a very, very rough day for what you're saying with some pretty good offensive line play. Yeah, when you have an offensive line that plays like that, um, you you should perform well, and he didn't. Like when he was from a clean pocket, his he completed forty seven percent of his passes. He was eight of seventeen, two interceptions. I know one of the interceptions was uh, both. Well, both interceptions went off hands or whatever. First one was obviously ripped out of the hands of Njoku, which should not have been an interception in my opinion. But it is what it is. We don't chart that as a at Baker's fault. Uh, but the thing is his grade was a 63.2 when he was clean, which is not good. Like that's what's repeatable. And that's what, you know, at least from pressure, he was better at a 77.3, uh, but not a good performance all across the board. Uh, at least every single one of his completions from clean, clean pocket were first downs. Uh, but really like, I, I don't, I don't know why, like this, this Bengals team was not, is not good. Like the defense is not, the secondary especially is not good. So this is a team that he should have feasted on, much like he did with the Dolphins, and he didn't. Um, I know that there was some miscommunications or whatever, but like, you, you know, he had another ball that he threw directly to the to the Bengals in the first quarter that was dropped by them that probably would have been a pick six. Um, so it's concerning to see like. I, the the first half of the season was a brutal slate of defenses and you expected there to be him to be better in the second half. 
And where like last year, where his, at least the stat line was was bad was bad in the first half and the second half of the year he took off. Grade wise, it was. I mean, he he took off grade wise. He took another step, but like in the first half of the season, he was still very good. Like he was grading as a as a top you know, quarterback in the NFL, not, not the top, but like a top 10 to, to top 12 quarterback this year, he's, you know, down in the 15 to 20 range. And, and he's never taken that leap even against worst uh, secondaries and defenses, except for in the dolphins game. So there's a, this is a big concern moving forward about what he can be as your, as your franchise quarterback. I, I think this is kind of like a telling game because this is a worse Bengals team than they, he played neither games last year. Um, and the, really the only game that he he had that was like a pretty much dominant game was that Dolphins game. And we know how bad that team is. So, and, Well, this is also the thing here, though. It, it, it seems like for almost every week, it's different in moving parts. You know, look, it's always Odell and obviously Jarvis out there. Now Ninjoku is back. You know, he got some run yesterday. Then there were players, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones got a little run. Haven't seen him in a little bit of a while. Uh, Rashard Higgins is just 110% completely out of the realm. Now you got Hodge on the field. God knows he's not, he hasn't gotten a lot of run now. And Damian Ratley goes out there and gets 16 snaps yesterday. Um, and then the other thing is, it, it still just blows my mind is, you know what you do really well. And you just go, there's just times where it's like, did, did you even, are you even holding the sheet for run plays? Because it's, all right, well, that looked really bad. We're going to make up for it by throwing it again. All right, that didn't work. We're going to make up for throwing it again. And when you've got guys like Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and look, I'm, uh, the way it's working out for now, if it's easy enough and simple enough to do to keep Kareem around for one more year, I think you got to do it. And maybe then just realize get a offensive line that's geared towards pass pro because if you have good enough back, backs and these guys really aren't run blocking that great anyway, maybe the backs are good enough to overcome it. So I tweeted this yesterday and I knew I'd get like some heat about it. But like when you say stuff like, you know, we just got back to what we do best and that's run the ball. That just means you're not playing good as a quarterback. It just flat out is the case. And so like, like having a, that's okay for the dolphins to say with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. That's not okay. When you drafted Baker Mayfield one overall, when you have a quarterback, you drafted number one overall and he's in his second year. That is not a good thing to say, obviously. Um, and when you when you have the lowest completion percentage from a clean pocket, the the lowest adjusted completion percentage from a clean pocket, the lowest passer rating from a clean pocket, the you're I think you're one of three quarterbacks with a TD to interception ratio that's negative um, from a clean pocket. Like those are things that are extremely concerning moving forward. I obviously know that like the, so like from a grade standpoint, it's not that bad because there's been a lot of miscommunications, receivers dropping passes all sorts of stuff like that, but still like it's not been good. Right. Like, so it's just nothing, nothing is, and then there's a lot of reasons that go into that. But the thing is, is that um, the running game is like, you know, I think the the fans, like fans have said, why haven't you run the ball more this year? And it's like, well, Nick Nick Chubb leads the NFL and carries and touches and, I don't know how much more you're supposed to try to run with him because Baker Mayfield, you have to throw to win the game. You like, that's just a fact of the game. Uh, the running game is a nice piece to that. That's supposed to salt away games when you have leads 
Um, yeah, you're supposed to, you can get some explosive plays out of the run game. Nick Chubb's able to do that, but like you have to have like you you talked about this, maybe get a, an offensive line about getting it to be in pass protection first. Yes, you do need that, but even so, like Nick, while Nick Chubb was was awesome yesterday and he gained all 106 of his yards after contact, like every single one of them, mm-hmm. and he, you that's not sustainable as a, as a running back. Like you go up against a, a good defense. They're stopping you. Like Nick Chubb would then be getting, you know, would he be average instead of having 106 yards in that game, he'd have 56 yards in that game, and it would, you'd be looking at the performance of like, oh, he needs better blocking or whatever. But like he he had a couple, he had one monster run and had some other, you know, really good runs um, in that game. But it, the the team the team as a whole is not playing well. Obviously, in pass pro, the protection protection offensive line is good. The run blocking was hit and miss. Nick Chubb making a couple, you know, obviously good plays. Baker Mayfield not playing well. It's obviously none of it's good. And and when you have a, uh, there's a lot of things that are, that need fixing in, in the off season. And um, I, I wouldn't just. You need obviously good offense line regardless. If they're good in pass protection or run blocking, obviously you want to gear them towards the pass blocking. But you need you need to find a scheme that works best for these offensive linemen. I'd say. Yeah, um, it's I don't know, and and this is also part of it though. Is look, you're gonna get a you know basically a flat tire day yesterday. Is kind of what the offense did, um, and it shows you that Nick Chubb's a good enough player to help you out of those days. And that's why I, I don't understand the the look. You play 16 of these uh, every now and then. You just absolutely lay an egg and you don't play well. If you can still get the win, that's what matters, and that's usually what good teams do uh Wyatt Teller as well I mean you know we are breaking in some new ones here yeah his 88.2 pass block grade and and 76.5 overall um obviously that's a really good game and you know he and Joel Batonio both both 88.2 so which means like they weren't beaten at all and and even non-pressured kind of like Zeitler and Batonio numbers right there right exactly that's what it was looking like last year um the so you know Teller's been solid so far this year. Um, he's had a couple of hiccups and and whatnot. He had some bad beats last week against the Steelers, but you know he's a guy that I think obviously he's going to be super cheap for the next couple of years. You know he's a guy that is obviously going to compete for that right guard spot next year and very well could be the starter again. Um, you know so I, I think that's that's an encouraging sign. Um, when you when you go up against a, a Geno Adkins and you know anytime a, a Carl Lawson or a Carlos Dunlap has to stunt inside you, you're probably picking them up too. He was able to hold up, so that's obviously very encouraging. Yay! On the fifth try of 2019, they were able to find somebody to maybe hold down the right guard position. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, let's you know, let's praise John Dorsey over that one, and let's not talk about the rest of the votes to this point. If do you, you are a Spotify how, do user, want, do you want? Do you want to know? Do you want? Sorry, do you want to know how Austin Cor- Corbett did last night? How is Mr. Corbett doing out in Los Angeles? He was a stud last night. He he was a seventy three point nine in pass protection. His his run blocking was a fifty three point seven, but he didn't give up a single pressure. He gave, well, was beat once in pass protection. Didn't result in a pressure though. Well, He's, well. hey, hey. Sometimes you just got to move on, and you know I don't know the reasoning there, but I think once Wyatt Teller was here, I guess they figured there was. I mean, Wyatt Teller was here; they knew they were going to extend J.C. Treader. What, what are we doing here? If they were able to get him? a 
they were able to get something for him. Maybe they didn't fit, whatever. I don't know. You know, you want to give me a fifth round pick for a guy that I'm hoping I never have to play? By all means, I'll take the fifth round pick. So uh, we'll move on here with John Costco. Uh, For all my Spotify users, uh, go to uh, the wrapped, uh, show us, uh, put it up, tag us, uh, how much time you spent with us this year. I think the highest this far is somebody has been almost 11,000 minutes of listening to Lockdown Browns this year. Uh, I give you a lot of credit because I listen to the show when I record it. I listen for ad breaks and I usually don't play it again unless somebody <laughs> tells me there's something or a huge, horrible hiccup we had, which I go back or a name that Pete and I have butchered, but go ahead, uh, throw those up for me. I uh, love seeing them. Appreciate all the listeners, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're coming from. Appreciate you all greatly. John, we head on out to Arizona this week. Now, Arizona had a nice little stretch. I remember getting to see them you know, here the week they played the Giants. They do a lot of fun. It's a lot of motion. It's trying to, you know, get you off and trying to see what's really coming with a you know, whole bunch of doodads and good stuff like that. But it's to the point now where there's just not much talent at all. And it's really starting to show up as even, you know, Arizona can play well and hang and it's just, it's just not enough. Tell us about the Oklahoma rookie, Kyler Murray. How's he faring so far? Um, he's kind of had an up and down season. Um, you know, this is a, an offense that can be obviously very dangerous, especially with his, his legs and his ability to run around. But the past two weeks have been brutal for him he had a pass grade of 27.7 against the rams and then this past week against the steelers at 33.4 uh, so he's he's definitely going through rookie struggles big time right now um because his overall his overall was solid until then and he's at he's now at a 62.6 which is you know you'd think all right for a rookie that's kind of like on par um but like he's he's obviously flash and uh he has like ridiculous arm talent and he can make throws from any platform and all that stuff. So, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, he's, he's, he's going through his, his struggles right now. And and essentially when it comes to him, when he's under pressure, it's brutal. It's 46.1. He has fumbled it a number of times is, uh, and then when he also, when he, even when he's clean, he's not great. He's a 67.6, but so he's much, if he's much, much worse when you pressure him, he's a, pass rating of 57.3 so you can make him do a lot of mistakes especially because of obviously he's a rookie and he's trying to figure it out and that system is is wide open for him uh but cliff Kingsbury does a lot of things to confuse you as a as an offensive coordinator he does a lot of good good designs and and whatnot so even though that this is a you know a rookie head coach and rookie quarterback and a team that is struggling especially you know i think they've lost six straight now or whatever um and i don't think they're there's definitely not somebody to be taken lightly uh, uh, you know, from an offensive standpoint. That's for sure. One thing that scares me about playing that offense is in order to play it, the first word that comes out is discipline uh, assignments. Uh, no Olivier Verdon and Miles get guilty of it too, as at a time, but those are the ones you're concerned of uh, without a doubt. Um, the other one is if you can't really generate a lot of pressure, if you're not really coming with too much athleticism off the edge, Kyler Murray, right or left, uh, rolling on the bat, rolling out the back door. I, I think he could be the biggest. His legs might be the biggest issue you have to face, because everybody's going to be, you know, busting all, busting their bus trying to cover up for the holes you've got because you're not playing with some of your more experienced secondary players. Uh, you know, the pass rush isn't getting home, so you're worried so much about the coverage. Guess what? You ain't got your head on number one, and guess what? Number one just went running by you. 
Yeah, and you still got you still got Larry Fitzgerald, who's you know you know his grade this year is not anything spectacular, but it's not bad. He's at a seventy point four. But third and um, six, he's going to get you a first down. Right, like he's a guy that's going to be moving the chains. He's he's going to be in the right places, and if the ball goes his way, I mean, more times than not, that ball's getting caught by him, uh, just because he's that good. Um, so yeah, I mean, like this is you're gonna uh, you're gonna have to devise some type of plan to be able to put somebody to spy on him that can make sure that he when he breaks pocket that he's there. You're getting pressure on him and it's keeping him in the backfield. Uh, as opposed to getting letting him run loose, because if he starts running loose in that secondary, I mean, he's like a like you know he's not as good as Lamar is obviously right now, but like he's basically deadly with his legs like Lamar is, um, and he has he has that backbreaking ability. So um, yeah, you you this defense, I, I can see I can see this offense putting up a lot of points on the Browns defense mainly because of how depleted the Browns defenses right now, especially on the defensive line, not, not going to be able to get pressure on him. And then, you know, you just, if he has buys enough time in that backfield, he's going to find somebody open. So um, it's, it's a concern for sure. And especially with a a defense that, that can struggle with speed like that. um, You know, I I think it's, it's a game that the offense needs to, it's a game that the offense needs to, uh, as my kids yell in the background, uh, be be very disciplined and and uh, uh, st- you know assignment sound. I think the difference. I mean, in it, him and Lamar are probably equal as far as speed. Lamar just has more open field running ability. He's just he's freakish, closer to Vic like that than you know Murray. It's more straight line and those little legs get moving and he picks up a lot of ground quickly on the defensive side. Look, you have uh, you know, obviously you know have jo- uh, you have the pass rusher obviously in Chandler Jones. And one of my all-time favorite draft prospects in Buda Baker. What's going on with those two? Is there really anything else going on with that Cardinals defense, Tom? So uh, the Cardinals defense is incredibly bad. And by when I say incredibly bad, their coverage grade is worse than what the Dolphins is. It's worse than everybody. Um, their defense is ranked 30th in our grades overall. So they have a little bit better in terms of run defense and pass rush than the Dolphins. Um, obviously, but like, you know, Chandler Jones is their top graded defender, uh, 80.3. He's very good still 80.89.7 pass rush grade. So he has 60 total pressures. Dude gets after it, 14 sacks, uh, according to our numbers. So, uh, he definitely does, does affect the passer and you're going to have to account for him, uh, as a pass rusher. Uh, Buda Baker is playing well this year, 70.6, uh, nothing great and he's actually kind of weak in coverage at a 60 point 64.0 uh run defense and tackling grades are, are fantastic though at uh 81.8 and then 80.85.3 so um but really after that it kind of just like you said do they really have much else the answer is no um you know patrick peterson is not playing up to his normal self um and then every obviously like i said the coverage grades are awful for this defense um you know, they're, they're dropping guys like, you know, Terrell Suggs into, into coverage 30 times so far. And he's obviously bad when he does that. Um, but he's definitely not anything like he used to be uh, as a pass rusher or a run defender. So, um, you know, they got, a, they, got, they got a linebacker in Jordan Hicks that I've always really liked. He's not playing all that great this year. And, not, you know, I haven't really actually studied him all that much and seen what's going on with him. But the whole defense is, is playing dreadful this year, essentially, outside of, 
that's outside of Chandler Jones and, and Buda Baker. So this is a team, like I said, like Baker should feast on them mainly because this, this secondary is so bad. Uh, but obviously you still have the, the talent, like Patrick Peterson, still like a, a one of the a top talent and, you know, Buda Baker is a, is a solid player. And um, so you have to be wary of that, but they, there shouldn't be any issues with this Browns offense to move the ball on them if they just do what they're supposed to do. So which seems to be kind of what we sit down and say every week, if they play up to their capabilities. Listen, if they're as bad as the, the Dolphins defense, which they're basically on par with the Dolphins defense, you saw what the Browns did with that defense. And they're going to be, they're going to be playing, you know, essentially in perfect conditions because their stadium's indoors, I think. Right. So it's got they're a gonna be- roof. So what, what are you getting? You're either getting 75 degrees or you're getting 77 with air conditioning. Right. So like you're, you've got perfect condition conditions for the Browns offense. So you're not having to deal with cold rain, anything like that. And an incredibly bad defense. Like there's, there should be zero excuses for this, for the Browns to not put up 30 plus really. I mean, that's, and and I think this game is going to be that type of a shootout. Like, like the, the Rams offense isn't great this year. You saw them good last night against the Ram or the, the Seahawks, but the Seahawks don't have a good defense. And then you saw what the Browns did against that Seahawks defense. The Rams went up against, you know, every time they go up against a crappy defense, they put up numbers. Browns need to be that too. And this, this week they should do that. And look, there's the whole Baker versus Kyler. There's the whole Baker versus Kingsbury. So this game may have a little more juice than people think it's going to. So that's one I'm kind of looking forward to. Uh, guys, it's always a pleasure sitting with John here. So we got to go through and look, you know, Ideally, we'd want to be talking about top-notch players here, where the Browns are, you know, twelve and one, whatever the case may be. But look, you know, we kind of got to take it and run with it, what we're given. So we, we've gotten to learn some new players, and look, you know, you're going to need depth. You're going to need to save some money here. You got two huge contract extensions coming down the road right off the bat, and I don't think you guys even understand how much those two players are going to command. So you got to save some uh, money somewhere. So it's good to get to see some of this depth. For John Costco, check out everything over at PFF. Follow at John Costco 3, the show at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Anything you need, guys, hit me up over there. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dalt Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.